This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And speaking of Sunday, packed house. Not quite a sellout, which I was a little disappointed with, but okay. Packed house. Rainstorm delays the start of the game by 30 minutes, and we get Jake. And we did get that intensity I was hoping for. The standing ovation coming out of the bullpen. The standing ovation as he walks out to the mound. And it is comical how ridiculous he pitched it really is you you would expect him to look human and he doesn't the only thing human about Jacob deGrom is the health concerns that's it I mean he's missed time and I think all of us are going to be kind of nervous every five days that you know we're going to hear an MRI is coming out or oh there's soreness here there's soreness there Jake's going to be pushed back it's not that serious don't worry oh wait a second it is that's the only thing about Jacob DeGrom that's human. But when you watch this guy pitch, like we saw in the finale of this series, it was like man against boys. I mean, first pitch, little fly ball to right field. Strikeout, strikeout. Second inning, strikeout, strikeout. Third inning, strikeout, strikeout. Fourth inning. And and I'm thinking about the perfect game. Of course I'm thinking about the freaking perfect game because I always think about perfect games. But I also knew what we all knew. There was no shot, rightfully so, by the way, that he was ever going to get a chance to pitch a perfect game. We knew that. We knew his pitch count was going to be at 75 or six innings. So it was fun and it was amazing. And I was getting those goosebumps of, oh my God, this guy's retired 12 in a row. He's retired 15 in a row. But I also knew they're going to take him out. And I have to admit this. There was a part of me in the sixth inning that said, just give up the hit. Because I know there were going to be some Met fans, not a lot, who were going to just destroy Jake for taking himself out of a six-inning perfect game. Like, oh, you see? Well, he's protecting his ERA. And by the way, one guy who would have said that is Joe Beningo. And that's what we're going to fight about one of these Saturdays because he's become anti-Jake and, you know, I'm pro-Jake. But here's the point. He was never going to get a perfect game. So my thought was just give up a hit. Now, little did I realize he's going to walk Andreanza on five pitches and obviously Dansby Swanson made him pay and that would be the end of his day. But brilliant performance by Jacob DeGrom. He teased us. He showed us all of what we've been missing over the last year. And he showed us what could be. And obviously the hope is he's going to be able to throw more than 75 pitches. And eventually we'll see Jake push to 100 or 105. And he won't wear down in the sixth inning. But it was everything you could have dreamt of from Jake. And now you just hope he stays healthy. And that there's no report over the next few days that he's feeling some kind of soreness. Because he is not human to watch. And I don't care what anybody tells me. You give me any story you want about Doc Gooden. 
or any story you want about Tom Seaver, this kind of domination, have we ever really seen it? I mean, I remember Pedro dominating in the late 90s against a bunch of steroided up guys, and obviously Koufax did it for a while, but I'm talking about 2021 to just the first two starts here. Like, he had a 1.10 ERA, whatever the hell it was. Like, we are watching domination at an incredibly high level, and I get he's not going nine innings. A lot of that is the product of the game, though. It's not a product of him. You know, it wouldn't be fair to to Doc Gooden and say, well, he didn't pitch the way Christy Mathewson did. Christy Mathewson pitched every two days. He's soft. I mean, it's a different era. It's a different world. I think we all understand that. Obviously, Jacob DeGrom is not going to be a 300-inning pitcher, let alone 200-inning pitcher. Well, I think it's the opposite. He's not going to be a two, a three. Yeah, whatever. Bottom line is it's a different world. But we are watching a guy when he pitches where you almost have to pinch yourself and say, is this real? And that's why I send out a prayer to the baseball gods. Keep this beautiful human being healthy. Find a way to do it. But the one thing that could top Jacob DeGrom's brilliance was that Joely Rodriguez came in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nah, Joely was great. I was stunned by that. I understand why Buck went to him in the sixth inning and he got Matt Olson out, but when he gave up the leadoff hit to Austin Riley, I'm thinking to myself, this game isn't over. You know, 5-2, sixth inning, when you've got to go to this bullpen, and, you know, who's available? Adam Onovino, is he available? Can Trevor May pitch a back-to-back? Like, I think there was a lot of, at least in my mind, questions on who could even help secure those last 11 outs. I figured Diaz was available. I wasn't worried about that. But Joely Rodriguez pitched his best game as a Met, and it was really important. And jokes aside, he deserves a lot of credit because that you're up three runs against a really good offensive team, and they've got 10 outs to work with. I mean, let's not act like, well, it was 8-1. to one. It wasn't. DeGrom gives up the two-run home run to Dansby Swanson. It's a baseball game. You got Acuna coming off the bench, and you knew he'd be used in a big spot, and he was, and he hit the ball well, but the ballpark held it to right center field. And he gets through the seventh, he pitches a 1-2-3 eighth, and he's able to hand the baseball off cleanly to Edwin Diaz for the 1-2-3 inning. Really great performance out of Joely Rodriguez. It doesn't change my view on him, doesn't make me think, oh, they, they're fine from the left side, they got Joely Rodriguez. No, doesn't make me think that, but the guy deserves a lot of credit. But what also happened in this game is the Mets did an outstanding job against uh, professional bitch Spencer Strider. Now, you may be wondering, why are you calling Spencer Strider a bunch of names? You just called him a bitch? Like, why? Because of the mustache? No, it's because this guy opened his mouth after the game. And here's what he said. Spent, this is from Justin Toscano. Justin Toscano, actually, I think used to cover the Mets. Now he covers the Braves. Justin Scott got Spencer Strider to say uh, to discuss his outing versus the Mets. A lot of weird hits. They seem to be having a lot of luck right now offensively. That's great. It's August. We'll see what things are like in October. First of all, who the F are you? Like, seriously, if this was Max Freed who's done something, I'd respect it. I'd say, ah, oh, you know, Max Freed, Game 6, World Series, all that. I get you. I mean, Spencer Strider's having a tremendous year, but this guy's opening up his mouth, talking about, well, see what happens in October. Like, dude, who the hell are you? You barely pitched last year. You never even pitched in October. So number one, Spencer Strider is doing the big, tough October talk, but that's not it. 
Little bitch Strider had more to say. Strider on why the Mets are so good at grinding out at-bats. I'd love to hear this. Let's see his fair analysis. I don't know. It helps when they're getting calls and 1-1 counts turns to 2-1 counts instead of 1-2 counts and stuff like that. When your batting average on balls in play is 330, 340 as a team, it's tough to get quick innings and get quick outs. <laughs> this guy's bitching about the strike zone. Oh, my God. Again, who the hell are you? You've been in the major leagues for five minutes. Look, you're having a great rookie season. Uh, no doubt. I mean, Spencer Strider's having a fantastic season. He's striking out like 14 guys a game. So I'm not knocking for what, what he's accomplished this season, but you've been in the majors for five minutes, and you're attacking the Mets. As, Let's get this straight. They're lucky. They're just a bunch of lucky hitters. We'll see what happens in October, as if he has experience with October. And then he's bitching about the strike zone, which I agree, C.B. Buckner ain't great, but Spencer Strider's out here talking like, Oh my God, I'm getting screwed all day. Shut your mouth. Who the hell are you? Uh, I have a question for you because you talked about the fact that Max Freed faced Max Scherzer, right? We talked about that a little bit. Do you think it was a detriment to the, to the Braves that Freed was so adamant that he had to go up against Scherzer because that would have technically put him in a, the Braves in a better situation if Freed did not face a Scherzer, but faced somebody else. He faced would have faced else. David Peterson, who pitched five and a third scoreless innings. Yeah. <laughs> it may not have mattered. I mean, obviously, the Mets had to go to their bullpen. Look, I, I, I'm a, a proponent of you put your best against their best, and you try to win games. You know, when you're facing David Peterson, who's a swing guy anyway for the Mets, you got to hit him if you're Atlanta. Look, I, I think a big part of why the Braves struggled in this series is is outside of bombing Taiwan Walker in game two, they didn't hit. Now, they did show a little bit of fight in a lot of these games, down 5 nothing. Ooh, it's 5-2. Like, they did show a lot of fight, but they couldn't hit David Peterson. They couldn't hit Max Scherzer. They couldn't hit Jacob DeGrom. So, listen, I, I got no problem with that. You put your best pitchers up against the best pitchers, and you try to win games because you give yourself a better chance to beat Max Scherzer if Max Freed's on the mound. You just do. If you put Jay Godorizzi up against Max Scherzer, I mean, unless Jay Godorizzi pitches you seven scoreless innings, you don't have as good of a chance to win that game. So I got no issue with that. I got respect for Max Freed. The Mets have done a good job against him in the past, but Freed has kind of shown his mettle in big spots before. And, and now we're talking about the fact that, like, you know, Max you know, Max Freed, Jake Odorizzi, Odorizzi couldn't finish the fifth inning. I got to be honest. I looked at the, this Atlanta Braves team, and listen, I'm not trying to give them a pass in any sort of way. The Mets played a great series, four to five. It was fantastic. They really hit the ball well. But Cunha Jr., not looking very healthy on the field, too. He looked a little, little limping around. Uh, Odorizzi couldn't get past fifth. They look a little depleted. They look, look a little injured. Is that, is that, is that a, is that a, who gives a crap? No, but I'm just, who the hell gives a crap? But, but is that a poor estimation of that, of how this team looks? Do they look a little weak? It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all in one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Well, they looked weak because they were getting mowed down by Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and yes, David Peterson. Ronald Acuna has been injury prone now over the last couple of years. He's a tremendous talent. He's a tremendous player. But all you got to do is look at his numbers this year. When he's played, and I get it, he's coming off a major, major injury. But when he's played, he hasn't even been close to what he used to be. And Acuna had a bunch of hits in this series. He had like six, seven. He was probably one of their best offensive players. And then on Sunday against Jacob DeGrom, all of a sudden he isn't feeling right. Now, I believe he's been injured because I think he told one of the brave reporters the other day that his knee's been bothering him. So I know that he isn't 100%, but he sits against Jacob DeGrom, and all of a sudden in the seventh inning, he feels good. In the seventh inning, he's like, hey, hey, Snitker, I'm good. You can send me in now. Yeah, why is that? Why is that, Ronald? Why, why are you feeling good now? Oh, the DeGromitis went away. Ah, I see what happens. Look, the Braves are the Braves are a very good team. I acknowledge that. This is why I've expected a battle in the National League East. But in this five-game series, and really in the last eight games they've played, the three games in Atlanta a few weeks ago and the five games here, the Mets have been superior. And that's weird to say because we're not used to that. We're not used to thinking the Mets are superior to the Braves. When have we ever said that? Even the four-game series back at City was a split. It was an even split. But they go into Atlanta and win two out of three. And guess who was injured and depleted then? The Mets were. Starling Marte didn't play in that series. Jeff McNeil, not that he was injured, but didn't play in that series. Jacob DeGrom didn't pitch in that series. So you're a good team. You overcome stuff. And, yeah, the Braves are dealing with the fact that Ronald Acuna is banged up. But you know what? They may have to get used to that. Because Ronald Acuna has got to prove he can actually be healthy. He missed a lot of time last year. They overcame it. They won the freaking World Series. Good for them. That's the ultimate dream. And this year, he hasn't been that same productive player. But what's really cool is that the Mets in winning the 6 of 8 in the last eight games they played against Atlanta, they have set themselves up where they've got seven games left with Atlanta. Now, granted, they're all on the road, including four coming up in a couple of weeks and then three to close the season. If they can win two of the seven games, two of the seven games, hopefully they can accomplish it during that four-game series and just get a split there, they would win the season series. And winning the season series usually doesn't mean all that much. It's, oh, they won the season series. But nowadays, winning the season series is a huge effing deal because if you win the season series, that's your tiebreaker. There's no play-in games. There's no playoff games. It's strictly all about tiebreakers right now. And if the Mets can win two of the seven games remaining with Atlanta, they would win the season series, which means the Atlanta Braves would have to finish with a better record than the Mets, not the same record as the Mets. And right now they're seven back in the loss column. They'd have to surpass the New York Mets. And that is huge. The Mets have put themselves in a spot as we sit here on August 7th with about two months to go in the season in which they are more more than ever before. Because even in June, it's still early. More than ever before, even with a 10-game lead, the Mets have put themselves in prime position to win this freaking division. That's the fact. Those are the facts. That's the bottom line. Even more so than being 10 up. Because when they're 10 up, it's early. And there's a lot of time. Well, now all of a sudden, you look at that calendar, and there's not as much time as you remember. All of a sudden now, there's only 50 games left in the season. You're in that final third. And the great part about what this Met team has accomplished 
is that they haven't had sustained losing streaks. They haven't. Now, the Braves, too. In fact, I should throw this out there. How could I have a Rico without mentioning it? The Atlanta Braves lost today. It was their third straight loss. That had not happened all season long. For the first time this season, the Atlanta Braves lost three games in a row. Hadn't happened all year. But what the Mets have pulled off this season, and if they can keep this up, they're going to win the NL East. Simple as that. What they have been able to pull off is they have not had stretches where they've lost 10 out of 13. I'm not taking a shot at the Yankees. They'll be fine. They haven't had stretches where they've lost 10 out of 15, like the Yankees are going through right now. Now, for the Yankees, they built a big enough cushion where standings-wise, it doesn't. it's not a big deal. You know, you can analyze how they're playing, absolutely, but standings-wise, which is really what it's all about, it ain't that big of a deal. But the Mets have been so wildly consistent this season that they have put themselves in a spot now with a seven-game loss column leading the National League East where if they can continue to be as solid as they've been, they are going to win the division, and that isn't something we've seen a lot of. In my lifetime, I've seen two division championships, 2006, 2015. And look, 2015, they got to the World Series. I love that team. Right now, this Met team is better than that team. This Met team is better than the 06 team. This Met team is better than the 99 or 2000 team. Now, hopefully, that continues in October. But right now, with a pace of well over 100 wins, something I've never seen in my lifetime, we are witnessing the best Met team we've ever seen. Can they keep it up? Here's the challenge. The Cincinnati Reds come to town. And I'm not joking. It is a challenge. Because they didn't have a letdown against the Chicago Cubs when they went to Chicago after the Atlanta series. But you just had 40,000 people in your building rocking for five consecutive games. I don't know what the crowds are going to be when the Reds come to town, but it ain't going to be rocking the way it was against Atlanta. The crowd should still be good. I would hope they are. But it's different. And let's see this veteran team say, you know what? No big deal. We're going to respond anyway. Because the Reds are a team you're supposed to beat. Phillies have obviously been a lot better. They got a bunch of games coming up with them. But the beauty of baseball is you just had this emotional five-game series. Now you got three more against the Cincinnati Reds. Go take care of it. And if they could take care of it, well, we're all going to be very, very happy over the next couple of months. And then we'll start debating geeky playoff rosters things, which I can't wait to do. I want to talk about that stuff. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> like I, one thing I want to bring up, I'm not going to do it today. Maybe we'll do it on the next podcast, is Mark Hanna's inability to be a pinch hitter. That's a tease for the next Rico Bronia. But today, we're not talking about it because the Mets took the Atlanta Braves' ass and they spanked it. That's exactly what happened. So every Mets fan, smile. Mock your Yankee fan friends. Remind them, oh, wait a second. I thought you guys had a better record. What happened? You can do that. You can have some fun. And then hopefully our fun continues over the next few weeks. But a great series win against the Braves. Four out of five. I'm not sure how many of us expected that. A nice comfortable lead in the National League East. And a reminder to the Atlanta Braves. Hey, guess what? We're pretty freaking good. Don't tell Spencer Strider. He thinks the Mets are just lucky. 
We'll give you another Rico Bronia after the Met Red Series, which will end on Wednesday afternoon. So sometime Wednesday night, but it'll definitely be inside your download inbox or whatever the hell you want to call it by Thursday morning. We always promise it for you that morning. But Met fans, it's a good time to be alive. Thank you for listening to a happy edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>